Welcome to the Elam Podcast with your hosts, Pastors Fred Penny, Jason Martin, and Greg Bowers. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode four of the Elam Podcast. We are here at Elam Pentecostal Tabernacle in St. John's, Newfoundland. For those of you who do not know my name yet, my name is Pastor Greg Bowers. I am the next generation pastor here at Elam. And with me today is just one guy. Usually we have two. We have Pastor Fred Penny and Pastor Jason Martin. Uh, Jason Martin is on vacation this week. Uh, He's spending time with family, uh, I think, around central Newfoundland and different areas like that. So with me today is, of course... Our lead man, the doctor, Fred Penny. Uh, how you doing, Fred? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, early July, and <laughs> we're enjoying the balmy weather of Newfoundland. <laughs> so we had, especially for those of you who are not in Newfoundland, Newfoundland doesn't have a great reputation of having good summer weather. Uh, we usually, you know, we get a few hot days, but we do get a lot of cold days and even sometimes, you know, foggy days as well. Uh, there's when I first moved to St. John's, I moved here in 2012, um, and I moved back here since then. But, uh, when I moved here with my parents, uh, the entire month of August was completely fog. We actually called it foggest. Uh, and that, <laughs> you know, the, that is kind of the epitome of what Newfoundland weather can be like sometimes. Uh, you can get hot weather and you can go into cold weather as well. And we just had a phenomenal June. Like, we had a lot of hot weather. We, we you know, outside in shorts every day. Um, you know, you're sweating and trying to manage those levels. And, and now we've entered July. And I think this might be, if it's still hot outside, it could have changed since I've been in here today. But it's 18 getting, out there now. 18 out there now. And sunny. Okay, so this is like the first day that's happened in a while because yeah. we've gotten really cold weather. I mean, we were we went for a walk the other day, and it felt like, you know, this this is very similar to fall weather. Yeah, I was talking to my son this morning on the drive in, and he's in Ontario up near Peterborough, and it's in the low thirties Celsius <laughs> there right now. They're sweltering in the heat, and I said, "Yeah, I'm driving to work now. It's uh, ten degrees." He says, "Whoa." <laughs> So, Fred, is this your second summer back in Newfoundland yeah, now? Yeah, second summer back. So are you adjusting well to going from a very hot summer in, in Ontario to well, a kind of a Honestly, summer? you know, it's too hot in the summer in July yeah. and August in Ontario. And the thing that really I hate, right, is when all the nice green grass turns brown. Right. Happens every summer. So I actually like, you know, high teens, low 20s. Is actually perfect weather for yeah. working. If you need to throw on a sweater or a long sleeve, you can. It's great for hiking. Um, we were out fishing on Saturday on Conception Bay. We left at 5 a.m. It was, I think, about 8 or 9 degrees Celsius. Thankfully, it was not windy. But I think I had on... Four layers. <laughs> I had on a pair of gloves. I had on a hat. I had double double layer pants. Had two pairs of pants on. <laughs> but you know, it didn't slow us down. We still had a good time out on the bay fishing. Yeah. The main thing is that you can still do your recreation. If you can I, go out and fish, you're good to go. I tell Val, like, um, you cannot compare an island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> 
with Central Canada, with Southern Ontario. It's not a fair comparison. So if you want to compare our weather, compare it to Belfast, Ireland. (laughs) 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 Compare it to San Francisco. Yeah. Actually, they get a lot of fog, you know. Do they actually? In San Francisco. So you would never never guess that. Yeah. Not knowing. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I've I've been there. I've seen it. Lots of fog in San Francisco. So in other words, take it from the doctor. Our new flame weather is fine. (laughs) It's not that bad. We have optimism. Uh, you know, we don't need to be pessimistic about our weather in Newfoundland. I have this kind of running joke with my mom, who's, who's um, my mom's with the Lord now. But when I lived in Ontario, every time I phoned home, every time I phoned home, I'd say, Mom, how's the weather? She would always say the same thing, Greg. She would say, Boy, we're having lovely weather down here. <laughs> <laughs> and that I is would, the optimism that we should all strive for in I our life. I would just smile like, yeah, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fred, we uh, we just recently went into Level 2. Um, kind of the ongoing story throughout this whole process is... Uh, Looking forward to what might be. Um, so we've, uh, for those of you who don't know, and we've talked about this in prior podcasts, but uh, Newfoundland's in a level system. Uh, we started out COVID-19 at level five, and we've gradually moved to different levels throughout this process, depending on how well everything was going. Um, so we are in level two, and initially we uh, were given the information that level two would be the kind of the beginning of a return to normal for churches with restrictions. So we got the information from the government uh, that we are able to gather, but only at a maximum of 50 people, including staff and volunteers. We, Fred, you probably know this number better than I am still here, pretty normal. But what is our normal kind of attendance, our average attendance here at Elam? In the mid-300s. Yeah. So basically, practically impossible to fit, you know, that, you know, do, do a service of 50, including staff and volunteers. Practically impossible unless you're willing to do about six or seven services, you know, in the morning or whatever it may look like. Um, so it's been a challenge. And, and, you know, Fred, this is the first time for anybody living on this planet right now uh, to go through this. How are you feeling? Uh, what are your thoughts? Because, again, I know what we thought level two was going to look like looks very different than what actually happened. So just tell us a little bit about your feelings. Well, I've gone through a whole spectrum, I think, Greg, (laughs) of feelings of, you know, moments of optimism Hmm. and then moments of, you're kidding me, (laughs) discouragement. And part of the problem I'm struggling with, I guess, is the open-endedness right now. How much longer Mm. are we going to be, you know, without public worship and public gatherings? And, you know, I've always been the, I've always been the the kind of, um, I've had the understanding of the local church whereby the church gathers and then the church scatters. And both aspects are important. So in other words, the church is not defined by its Sunday morning gathering. Hmm. That's that's one part of it. That's the part where we celebrate. That's the part where we preach and worship, you know, as a corporate body. 
but there's very much another dimension of the church where we be the church in the world. We be salt and light in the community. And I'm I'm fond of quoting uh, William Temple, Bishop William Temple of England. He said this, you know, you can never just go to church. You are the church wherever you go. Now, I've always believed that. I've always preached that. But when, when suddenly, you know, corporate gathered worship is no longer possible, you realize how strange a time this is and how much we miss that gathered worship. <clears throat> so we're looking forward to getting back to normal at some point. We're thankful for the technology mm. and what we can do uh, to reach people online. Um, and I, I think right now, Greg, I'm, I'm kind of asking myself, you know, what creative approaches should we be adding? But even as I think about that, I'm thinking about the fact that it's July. Hmm. People want to be on vacation. You yeah. know? I'm going on vacation myself in about three weeks. So, you know, you, you've got all these kind of overlapping priorities and overlapping uh, complexities. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's it's different. Um, we're trying to connect with people, you know, through the phone through online church, through email. Um, we have a couple of small groups, of course, during the week. Like we have a men's group. We have a couple of prayer groups. But you you, you don't feel like you're doing enough. Right. Some days you feel a bit guilty maybe that, you know, did I do anything kingdom valuable, kingdom worthy today, you know? Right. Uh, it's hard sometimes to, to know, as you say, you know, what's the measurement? What's the standard? How do we evaluate? Yeah, and I, I think this lesson of kind of gauging, um, you know, the measurement of what is valuable to the kingdom, it's been challenged, and I think it's been challenged in a healthy way. Um, you know, I look at what I've done the last few months. Uh, yeah, I've had times where I felt more down. Uh, I've definitely felt less busy. But, yeah, there was periods where you felt like you were overwhelmed, but it wasn't the same overwhelming sense of, oh, I have so many things I have to attend. It was a different uh, sense of overwhelming. Um, just having to completely reshape your ministries, um, whether that be through video, uh, editing, uh, whatever it may look like. And we did a lot of Zoom calls the last few months uh, with Next Gen Ministries. And uh, we do a you know the video project every week with Elon Kids Online and that stuff, you know, you have to find in there, even though look, it looks completely different than what it did before, you have to go in there and f- into the crevices of what you're doing and see the value of your kingdom impact. Mm-hmm. And that's been a challenge for all of us. This, and there's been times where I've been sitting down throughout a week and, you know, my a lot of my office hours now are, are caught up with video editing or, or different things like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, is this kingdom value? And I think I've learned through all of this, uh, you know, is an expanded definition of worship. And I know it's something we talk about. Mm-hmm. I know we always say worship is a lot more than what we do in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. But our actual 
understanding our actual belief in that, yeah. um, it needs to be challenged. And I think it's being challenged throughout this that yeah. our worship is not just a sanctuary. Uh, it is through our video editing. It is through our phone calls with people. Yeah. Um, even though it's completely different than what we're used to, I think God is doing something really cool during this time. Yeah. That's good. That's a good thought. Um, I, I'm thinking as well, you know, you talk about the kingdom. I'm thinking about the parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. So the parable goes, you know, the sower goes out and scatters seed. Some falls on, you know, hard-packed ground on the path. Some falls on thorny ground. Some falls on rocky ground. And then some falls on fertile ground, and it brings forth a harvest. 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. Mm-hmm. And that's the promise of the kingdom. Yeah. That's the promise that Jesus gives us, you know, there in Mark chapter 4, that the kingdom of God is going to flourish. It's going to expand. No one and nothing is going to stop it or mm-hmm. stand in its way. And later in that passage, Jesus takes his disciples out on the Sea of Galilee and a storm comes up and they panic. And Jesus has just spent all day teaching them about the nature of the kingdom of God. And now they come to Jesus, who's asleep, by the way, on the pillow and says, like, Lord, we're going to drown. Don't you care? (laughs) So Jesus gets up and calmly calms the storm and then he kind of gets in their face and say, what's the matter with you? Don't you have any faith? Why are you so afraid? Right? In other words, I've just been teaching you that the kingdom is going to flourish and expand and nothing's going to stop it. And you freaked out because of one little storm. So (laughs) I find that that whole chapter of Mark very encouraging. Mm. That when we don't think we're making a difference, when we think like we're losing and and things are in retreat, The Lord says, listen, it's my kingdom. I've promised to build it. I'm going to build it. I'm going to be good to my word. And the word will flourish. The word will fall on good ground. There'll be be fruit. There'll be a harvest for the kingdom of God. Mm. So that gives me a lot of of stability, a lot of comfort. It keeps me from panic and fear. yeah, I think I think that biblical perspective is pretty important, especially at times like this. Yeah, that whole you know out of Galatians when Paul says, "Let us not grow tired of weary, uh, for in due time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up." Yeah, and I think the idea of not giving up um, needs to be such a, at the forefront of everyone's mind right now. Yeah. Because if there was ever a time where people had just felt like oh, we just got to stop doing what we're doing. Uh, let's give up. Um, it's now. And, and a lot of that has to do with us being in the storm yeah. and, and being in rough water and not really understanding why this is happening or, or how we're going to get out of it. Yeah. But that promise of if we do not give up, God yeah. is going to work. And nothing's going to stop that. Like yeah. you and me, like we can do, let's say, you know, we were against all this and we could try our best to completely try to, you know, mess everything up just by our own human will. We're not going to stop 
the good things that God is going to do in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if, you know, if we're pessimistic, if we're negative, or if we don't have a very good outlook on things right now, God's still going to work. Yeah. And God's going to do his, what he needs to do right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, throughout this whole season, especially with Next Generation Ministry, there's been time, you know, we, we've done a lot of online things uh, since March. And, you know, it's been four months, and uh, we're at a stage now where our youth are tired of, of online ministry, and I don't blame them. The screen fatigue is very real. Um, you know, like we've said, zoomed out. How many times have you used that in the last couple months? And now, like, I'm at a point where I need to kind of reevaluate ministry again because I, I'm still in the side this box where I'm a little bit restricted. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be creative, but, again, I'm limited by this box of restrictions that I have to uh, follow. So now I need to figure out how do I do ministry in this season? And I'm at a point where you are very tired after the last four months you did because you already had to do that. But now you have the opportunity to do it again and you need to focus on the good work and the harvest of blessing that's going to be before you. If you keep going, mm-hmm. I remember at GLS and you probably remember this, um, there was a speaker, and I don't remember her, her name, unfortunately, but she said that when you get to the point of being uncomfortable, that's the time to go back to step one and become uncomfortable again and do it all over. Mm-hmm. And that is how we grow as leaders. That's mm-hmm. how we grow as people. And when we get to the stage of where we're just comfortable with everything that we are doing, mm-hmm. uh, we are really doing a disservice to the people that we lead and to ourselves as leaders. And I think that's such an important principle. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, We'll look back on this time, I guess, as maybe a season of growth. Mm. You know, um, sometimes I wonder. So, so what can I do, you know, to redeem the time? And you know, for us as pastors, sometimes, sometimes we were running and doing and showing up at the next event or the next service or next hospital visit or the next committee meeting, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So maybe maybe this time is a time to read. Mm. It's a time to pray. It's a time to reflect. It's a time to rest. And maybe we need to give ourselves permission, you know, to be refreshed mm. and, and to wait on the Lord and to be patient with him, um, that he is building his church. He is still Lord of the church. Um, yeah. So I, I think I think we have to approach this season, you know, with with a a balanced biblical understanding. Um, <clears throat> what do you think, Greg? I'll, I'll throw a question back at you now, and I'm kind of asking myself this question at the same time. But do you do you see this season as a uh, a foreshadowing or as a precursor to the end, you know, the the fulfillment of all these prophecies, the the doomsday scenario, you know, all of that. Uh, I'll, 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 I don't mind answering my own question. Like, I'm, I'm not jumping into that thought process. And I, I think some people want me to. Right. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not really reacting or knee-jerk reacting to all this. No. You know, how do you, what do you think of all that? <sighs> so, <laughs> great question. And I think looking at the kingdom as here and not yet and knowing the end, 
knowing, you know, when Jesus returns and what that's going to look like. That is our hope. And, and, you know, I look forward to that. We should all look forward to that. But to get caught up into a scenario where every single event that happens and, and the reality of human history and, you know, our Christian culture and our Christian history, it's, it's been persecuted and we've had struggles before and it's going to continue and it's continuing to this day. And again, none of us know when that day is going to be. The Bible says you don't need to worry about when the time is going to happen. You just need to know that, that is your hope. Yeah. You know, we will look forward to that day, but no one's going to know the day or the time. Yeah. And to continue our, you know, the, our mission right now, or not even really our mission, but the thing that we get caught up the most in is trying to figure out the day or the time yeah. or the year or, or whatever it may be. That is not the point. The point of the end is that, yeah, that is our hope. That is what we live in. But right now the world needs us as the church. Yes. The church needs us to reveal that hope to them. And we need to show that the salt and light of the earth, and we need to show Jesus' love. And I think, you know, and I always get caught, in the, you know, with, with this question of eschatology and the importance behind it. And I do sometimes feel like I'm a little bit too present-minded, but at the same time, I, I, this is where we are right now. And I think sometimes as Christians, we need to be a little bit more presently-minded mm-hmm. of where we are today. Yeah. We might, Jesus might return tomorrow. So what are we going to do right now before he returns? And yeah. I think that's kind of the whole gist of it. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I was talking with someone last night. We went up to Manuel's River, went for a walk, and I was talking to someone, and I said, you know, um, the pre-trib rapture thing is not looking so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I said, maybe the mid-trib rapture is more <laughs> what's happening, like, could it be that we're actually in the tribulation right now? <laughs> so that's just kind of a joke, I guess, on my part. But yeah, um, hmm. I, um, I I still think that there's a need. There's always a need for a sense of urgency yeah. about the gospel 100%. and the message. There's always a, a. It's always time to talk about the return of Christ. Absolutely. Not for escapist reasons. Mm, that's good. But for good news reasons. Yeah. Because it's the return of Christ that's going to fix this broken world. Mm. Until the government is upon his shoulders, it's not going to get better. Racism is not going to disappear. We can try our best, you know, to be fair and uh, have a just society. But racism will not disappear until Jesus comes and establishes his kingdom and his reign. So so all that's going on in the world, you know, with the pandemic, with racism, uh, with the economy, with everything happening, um, it shows us more and more how much we need Christ to come and establish his kingdom, reign, and rule. Um, Maybe, you know... In the old days, I shouldn't say the old days, maybe when, you know, a few decades ago over the last maybe 50 to 100 years, maybe we used to scare people into the kingdom. Yeah. You, know, you better get saved because Jesus is coming back. And <laughs> I'm not going to completely discount that approach because, hey, if it works, <laughs> why not, I guess. But 
but that's not really our our main message. Yeah. The main message is, you know, our lives are broken and we are under the judgment and the wrath of God. Yes, but he died on the cross to save and redeem us. Yeah. And to give us life and life in its fullness, you know. Um so I think we have to preach the gospel and allow the Holy Spirit to call people uh, to himself. Yeah, 100% agree. And again, uh, this whole season, uh, there there always has felt like there needed a message of hope in the darkness. Mm-hmm. That is the message of hope, Yeah, that Jesus is going to return. Yes. And that things like racism and all these social issues that are happening right now, they are going to disappear. Yeah. And I think that's the, you know, the beauty of the return of Christ is that message that, yeah, this will dis- all disappear yeah. and that Jesus is going to reign and the government will be upon his shoulders. Yeah. And that should never be put on the back burner. That message should always be at the forefront of who Christians are and who we are. But right now, again, let's continue to spread that message. Mm-hmm. Who knows when that return is going to happen? But uh, if it does, let's be ready for that. And yeah. when I mean when I say let's be ready for that, uh, let's continue to proclaim the good news. Yeah, I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, but again, great conversation. And again, we wish that Jason could have been here. But again, he's on holidays. But uh, again, as you go throughout your week, remember that hope that we have that Jesus is going to return again one day. And right now, let's continue to speak the good news in a, in a time of uncertainty and questions and sometimes darkness for people. And uh, as we continue to endure level two, um, pray for us pastors. Pray mm-hmm. that we have the wisdom, uh, the courage, the strength to, to endure this season, but not just to waste it either. Uh, to see the kingdom value in this, uh, see the kingdom value of what we're doing each and every day, and to make an impact uh, even in a time of, of difficulty. Yeah. So, Fred, great conversation. Yeah, and thanks, Greg. And uh, do you think we should, you know, pray for Jason? Or, yeah. I don't know, his golf game might be suffering. <laughs> uh, you know, cold weather means cold hands. Cold hands means you put the ball in the woods a little more often. <laughs> That's right. So, Jason, uh, stay out of the woods, buddy. <laughs> That's right. And Fred, uh, speaking of prayer, how about you say a prayer for, for yeah. the church, especially sure. uh, through this season? Yeah, Lord, we thank you for the church. We thank you that you are Lord of the church, that you are building your church. We're glad to be a part of it. I pray, Lord God, that you would encourage your church today. And as we as we wait, as we worship, as we witness, as we pray, may your Holy Spirit grow us, grow the fruit of the Spirit in us, I pray. I pray for Greg that you would encourage him during this season. We pray for our church family and all who are listening, Lord, that we would just know your peace, your love. Strengthen our faith, we pray. And may we be a blessing to others. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. We appreciate you listening in. Uh, Every second week, we will be back again in two weeks uh, with another podcast. And again, we love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you again soon.